Here is a bulletin from CBS News. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. More details just arrived. President Kennedy shot today just as his motorcade left downtown Dallas. Mrs. Kennedy jumped up and grabbed Mr. Kennedy. She called, oh no, the motorcade sped on. United Press says that the wounds for President This week Kennedy's on Inside Jobs, Brian, Jean, and Lee investigate the assassination of John F. Kennedy. On November 22, 1963, President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. To this day, questions remain about this murder. Joining me to discuss the JFK assassination are civilian investigator Eugene Fort Worth O'Neill. Gentlemen, hello. And conspiracy expert Lee Golden. Let's open the case, boys. I'm historian Brian Lane. Welcome to Inside Jobs. Brian, we're going to do it. It's been 50 years. It's been 50 years since John F. Kennedy was murdered in Dallas, Texas. And today, we're going to solve the case once and for all. How do you guys feel about that? For us, it is going to be today. For everybody listening, it will be a week from today. Okay. Because we won't solve the case until the second half of the episode. All right, episode. everyone, we're, we're holding out. We have the case solved by the end of the show, but we're going we're gonna to keep it on the shelf before we drop this truth bomb up your ears. Yeah, yeah we, we get to a... find out today. I know. Yeah. What really happened. It's going to be I'm looking at a paper until... right now that says exactly what happened in the case, but we are not going to get to this for a while. I'm looking at a microfiche that Nicolas Cage and his wife stole from a church. <laughs> That has all of the secrets. <laughs> right after he fucked the prom queen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so first things first, a little business. Last week we released our radio play, Let Sleeping Dogs Lie. Yeah. And I'm glad I you found that think... in the archives. I thought that had been lost for 50 years. Yeah. I, I was really surprised that I was able to dig that up. But that is an old radio play that we found. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who has um, made a, a very nice comment about it on Twitter or via email or whatever, because that was a, a really fun thing to do. And if you would like us to do it in the future, please, please tell us. So and thank you guys. Great voice work on that. I'd like to say you're welcome to you and to the listeners who are thanking us for the great radio. (laughs) So today we are on today's episode, we are going to go in to detail about exactly what happened in Dallas, not just on November 22nd, 1963, but the following two uh, following three days during which time shit went down. Shit went down. The first televised murder of all time. The first yeah, assassination for... of a president with a long-range rifle, not at close range with a pistol. The and... first assassination of a president named John Kennedy. <laughs> yep. Um, no, I think that no, there, that had happened before. Oh, right. In ni- in in 1963, it also happened. <laughs> yeah, Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy who was also shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in Dallas. Um, I know that we've talked about, we talked considerably uh, at length with, uh, um, was it Aurora that we talked about the the robo-presidents? We did talk about the robo-presidents with Aurora Nibley from the Weekly Dictator podcast. So my theory is that 
Um, at that time, the Imagineers at Disney were actually developing the robot presidents. Um, and that the experimental model um, that they had where they had Abe and then they also had uh, Kennedy. And I think that that day, Kennedy had like a date um, with Marilyn or something Robo like that. Robo Kennedy? Know. Yeah. Yeah. Robo Kennedy had a date with Marilyn Monroe's ghost. And um, he swapped himself out. For... He had a date with the ghost of our Marilyn Monroe episode. <laughs> yeah. The Gene lost. Or I'm sorry, that Brian lost, according to Gene. What? And that Gene lost, according to Brian. Never get to the bottom of that Robo, one. So Robo JFK has a date with the ghost of the curse of, of a podcast. <laughs> of the creature's ghost. So yeah. he's smoking a he's smoking a stoke, looking at TV, and then he just like hears that his head got blasted off. And uh, he's like, all right, I can finally escape the uh, view of the public eye. And uh, I'm going to just roll off into the sunset. Um, as going, going to the island of of De- of, Le- of Lost Kennedy, the island right? of Lost Kennedys, and folks, you're going to hear a lot more about that in the coming weeks. So uh, this is also sort of an anniversary of sorts for us because it was about a year ago that the three of us got together on our previous podcast where we invited Leon to talk about JFK, and um, we call Lee's title as conspiracy expert, but really his focus is JFK, the JFK assassination. He has a website about it. It's JFK007.com. You can go there for a lot of information about it. But really, Lee is, you know, the most knowledgeable person about this assassination uh, of any of us. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Lee. Why don't you sort of set the scene? What was, why was Kennedy in Dallas? Or why was he in Texas on that fateful November morning? Sure. Um, as strange as it may seem, um, Kennedy actually won Texas in the 1960 election. And um, it, it seems strange having a Democrat win Because Texas. only one guy voted in Texas. <laughs> yeah. And it was Lyndon Johnson. Um, <laughs> so that was one of the main reasons why they had John- Lyndon Johnson's penis also got a vote. Right. He abstained. <laughs> he abstained. Um, so... One of the main reasons why the Kennedy brothers put him on the ticket, even though they did not particularly like Johnson, um, especially Bobby, uh, they were always at odds with each other, is because they needed to win Texas in order to to win the narrow election victory that they eventually did. So there was a lot. Because he had done of... such a good job rigging his Senate uh, race. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they thought, hey, he could help us rig the Texas vote. Yeah, he could, he could go up to to the national le- level, help us win this whole whole shebang. Exactly. So there was a a rift in the Democratic Party at the time, um, and it was really important for the all, all of the members of the Democratic Party in Texas to be cohesive in the 1964 campaign. So basically, uh, Kennedy went down to Texas uh, to basically mend fences uh, with the party and ensure that vote in 64. And there have been rumors that after that trip, uh, he was going to drop Johnson from the ticket. Man, that sounded really strange. <laughs> drop a Johnson from the ticket. That <laughs> means something completely different now. Um, but a lot of people. Um, yeah, and, uh, so even at this time in 1963, it was also it was already looking like Barry Goldwater, the um, sort of arch conservative in the Republican Party at that time. Extremism was going to in be... pursuit of liberty is no vice. Yeah, he uh, he wrote that. Um, what is that? The mentality of a conservative or something like that. Um, but he, he's a very he was a very um, he wrote and prominent Coulter's book. 
He wrote in Coulter's book, he's a very, he was a very prominent member of the Republican Party and was already looking like he was going to run. Now, this makes it seem, you know, a little suspect that the Kennedys decided to go to Dallas at this time because Goldwater was seen as being just too conservative to, you know, win on a national level. And indeed, in 1964, Johnson trounced him. Um, With his but, Johnson. Uh, but there was some concern that without Texas and with a couple of other odd changes to the South, as the South was moving away from the Democratic Party at that time towards the Republican Party or the Dixiecrats or whatever, um, there was some concern that without Texas, that Texas was the stronghold. Um, so, you know, whether or not Goldwater was going to run, whether or not Goldwater could actually win at the national stage, Kennedy decided that Texas was going to be the place to go. And there are three political figures that he, he was really trying to n negotiate himself between. And that's Johnson, the vice president, uh, Governor John Connolly and Yarborough and yeah, Senator Yarborough. And so a lot of his. You know, it's kind of like they talk about uh, the Kennedy charm, and it seems like that is exactly what he was bringing down to Texas in order to deal with these three. And it's, you know, negotiations on the level of like, well, I'll sit next to this person at this dinner, mm -hmm. but then I will, you know, somewhat snub this other person by riding in the car with this other one. Um, so it was a real balancing act, and it was a real political uh, you know, really politicized move that Kennedy was making, not only for the people of Texas, but also within his own party in order to keep things, you know, on the straight and narrow in, in terms of a 1964 victory. It was also so, one yeah. of the... So, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. It was also one of the so first go, times that uh, Jackie really came out and campaigned with him after the um, the death of their, um, their previous child uh, who died as an infant. Um, yeah, Patrick Bouvier Kennedy. Right. And um, so, you know, obviously she was really sad and uh, she only appeared with sunglasses and, and kind of wasn't making the same kind of public appearances. And uh, Jackie making public appearances was very much crucial to the Kennedy charm. I mean, they were kind of just a, a huge, team. huge news, huge news um, <clears throat> in terms of media coverage. But also she was just... Um, when you read coverage about her, even coverage that was written about her on the trip before the assassination, the kind of adjectives that are used are, you know, really bombastic. Smoking hot. Totally yeah. duabla. For our British listener, it's kind of like the equivalent. She was like our Lady Di, right? Yes. Yeah, the, um, the Dallas Telegram said that uh, you could take a bite out of that and then have another bite for breakfast. Can you so cut that out, Kennedy please? <laughs> Goddamn Christ. So, Ken so Kennedy was in Houston, um, uh, actually, uh, at the Rice Hotel, which is where I recently was when I was in Houston. Um, Kennedy was in Houston. <laughs> that was the hotel that was shut down for the semen flood, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You've made that joke before on this very show. I, I know. That's going to become my uh, two jakes. Yeah. <laughs> We should also talk uh, about the, the potential dangers in going into Dallas at that time and in, in sort of in light of what happened to Adlai Stevenson a couple of weeks before or a couple of months right, before, and, I think it was. Right. And just, you know, just in general, the Kennedy presidency had been uh, very troubled. There was a lot of, you know, this was around the time not Vietnam wasn't really heating up, so to speak. We had but advisors. Things weren't, 
Yeah, things weren't going well there. Uh, also, a lot of focus um, in terms of the Cold War was on the Congo, which was sort of up up for grabs, having gained its independence from Belgium, and was up for grabs to either East or Western powers. The Soviets were trying to move in. The Kennedy yeah. brothers uh, were, were were worried that Lumumba. Mm-hmm. Patrice Lumumba, the first uh, independent uh, prime minister of the Congo, was going to turn their way. An assassination happened. That is probably the topic of another episode. Yeah. But uh, also when you we have sent in the... those super intelligent gorillas. Yeah, I was going to say, after Jurassic <laughs> Park did so well, there was a huge battle over Congo because both Universal and Paramount wanted it. <laughs> Amy, sad. Um <laughs> So and then there was also, of course, the the botched invasion of Cuba uh, in the Bay of Pigs operation, the uh, crashing of the um, or not the crashing, the uh, the going up of the Berlin Wall, which happened right at the very beginning of uh, Kennedy's presidency. And uh, then, you know, probably probably the biggest thing that happened in Kennedy's presidency was um, the Cuban Missile Crisis. So there were a lot of people that thought that Kennedy was too soft on communism and Texas being a very conservative state. When Adelaide Stevenson, the uh, United States ambassador to the United Nations, came to Dallas to tour, uh, something happened. Maybe you can speak to that, Lee. Uh, Yes, he was uh, beaten and spit on. Like someone smacked him with a sign, like a picket sign, and then spat upon him. Uh, so yeah. basically there was just like, physical... he was a regular John Bolton. Yeah. There was, uh, there was violence enacted on him. And I think, wasn't, uh, Stevenson, the dude who said, don't wait for the translation, answer me now or something like that. Uh, that was during the yeah. Cuban Missile Crisis. Right, this was before, but they actually they actually later used that in uh, Star Trek Six. Star Trek, right, yeah, the undiscovered, the undiscovered country, country where uh, <laughs> uh, Christopher Plummer uh, says that. And um, I have a good Christopher Plummer joke for later if anyone's interested. But um, nope, didn't think so. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Didn't think so. Uh, okay, um, so basically, but, yeah, and also and also um, Charles de Gaulle. Who had, uh, who was the president of France at this time, had been shot at by a sniper very recently. Right. Uh, I don't remember the exact date, but it was in, those, in the early 60s. So there was the danger of uh, a, a, a leader traveling, up, you know, in an open car. Mm-hmm. And then also the Adelaide Stevenson story goes to the, uh, the fact that the Kennedy administration wasn't exactly yeah. hugely popular in Texas at this time. We should probably so, talk so, about uh, uh, Miami and Chicago and the alleged plots uh, over there uh, in those two locations. Um, I think I think that might come in this in the follow up okay, episode. Good. I just want to uh, let's get let's, let's get, get Kennedy it. to Dallas. Uh, so yeah, so Kennedy was in Houston. He attended a luncheon at the Rice Hotel or a breakfast. I'm sorry, at the Rice Hotel. Jackie Kennedy came out, wowed the press. Everyone was, you know, really dazzled by her. Uh, Kennedy repeated a joke that he had um, used in Paris. That I'm the man <clears throat> who escorted earlier. her to Paris, or something like that. Yeah, he said the same thing. I am the man who escorted Jackie Kennedy to Texas. Um, and he was really into callbacks. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, was his like two jakes. Joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was his two jakes. Uh, so uh, in that, in the on the morning of November twenty second, nineteen sixty three, they all boarded a plane and they flew to Love Field in Dallas. The intention was to get into a motorcade, uh, drive through the streets of Dallas, 
and go to uh, the trademark where uh, Kennedy was going to give a, you know, a speech to uh, assembled pol- local politicians and business leaders. Dallas being a huge place for oil at the time uh, and still to this day. Um, there was concern from big business, like I said, that Kennedy was too friendly to communists. And th- this was intended to smooth that over. So they boarded the plane. They got to Love Field. And you could see videos of this, you know. Wild crowds. Jackie Kennedy is wearing that pink outfit with the with the pillbox hat. Um, everything looked like it was going well, especially considering the reservations that the administration had had going into it. Now, yeah, there was no sign that he was going to be shot in the head. <laughs> now there were actually signs that people were upset with him, but he was wanted for public- treason. Yeah, that had been published earlier in the day. And because a car alarm is going off in the background of my microphone, Lee, why don't you explain that so I can mute all this? Yeah, sure. Um, There was a couple of pieces of incendiary uh, literature that were being distributed by um, right-wingers in uh, in Texas that morning. Uh, Most famously, there is the Wanted for Treason poster that is... um, Basically, they took a, a head-on shot of uh, of Kennedy in a And when a you profile. say they, you mean the sheriff of Dallas? Uh, yes. <laughs> Meaning Richard Nixon. And- what was the reward <laughs> for that? Uh, if, you, if you have managed to capture JFK, what was the reward? Well, if, if you captured him dead, uh, it was $50,000. If you captured him alive in a big net, one million stickers. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> so they were using 1960s Photoshop, which was basically a shop for photos um and they took a profile <laughs> picture and a, a head-on picture they made like kind of a little mugshot uh wanted poster and then there was another uh piece of literature that was being distributed um that was kind of a list of uh kennedy's various crimes so there was a there was a lot of uh of uh dissent and, and dislike of, of of kennedy in in dallas despite the you know the the show of public approval. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that when a president is in town, even if you don't politically agree with him, it's just like exciting to see him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this was before um, presidents enjoyed unanimous popularity. Right. <laughs> right. Good one. Um, so why don't Kennedy has arrived in Dallas this is about noon on November 22nd. That's central time. And why don't we take a little bit of a, a sidestep and talk about the whereabouts of Lee Harvey Oswald that evening? Sure. Or sorry, that morning. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was a, a dyslexic, poor student who had grown up with this crazy mother, no father figure. Uh, he had moved all around Texas, New Orleans, uh, spent some time in the Bronx, actually, when he was a child. Um, yep. Grew up with v- very, you know, as a loner, um, to which I can relate. Weird uh, behavior he, from his mother. Like his mother was was oddly interested and involved in his, you know, physical mm-hmm. life beyond the the age in which uh, a mother should be engaged in such interest. Uh, with yeah, her son. she like he thought he the... should, she thought he should play sports like when he was in his twenties. <laughs> well, more yeah, like just kind of bizarre interest in his, you know. Uh, private parts and, and that kind of stuff and bathing and in and, and other inappropriate things for a teenager to be involved with his mother in his last meal was actually nursing at her breast 
um no but so he had he had joined the the marines which was kind of a lifelong goal of his um at the age of 17 um he was very interested though in russia and uh marxism growing up which um you know all of the writing that we have that survives from Lee Harvey Oswald is very confused and poorly written. Uh, and it is assumed that he had very severe dyslexia and that's why he was so did so poorly in school and wrote so poorly. But he was reading, yeah. you know, like the Communist Manifesto and Das Kapital and all of these very difficult texts. But his doom as well levels as... were just basically big rooms filled with guns and ammo. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't demonstrate uh, a strong grasp of Marxism if I can just make a small aside there. Right. That, or the that, doom engine. That, yeah, that is certain that is certainly true, but at the same time he did teach himself Russian, which is a very complex language uh to to teach yourself. But a very easy language to imitate if you're an asshole. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh my side note, my friend Kevin uh until he heard the bloopers on that episode did not think I was in the episode at all. <laughs> He thought that he was actually reckon... Richard Nixon. He thought it was Rich no, he Little. Did, he didn't. He didn't realize it was me doing those shitty voices. Brian disappears into his roles. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, Brian so bugged yeah, his own office while recording that episode. Yeah. Uh, and then did he had sex with Lee Harvey Oswald's corpse to get oh, into Jesus. the character of Marina. Oh. Uh so he spent some time at Atsugi at Japan, which was a U2, uh, was it a radio, radio center yeah. where he was serving in the Marines. And they only played um, U2 there. <laughs> if you want to see a little bit of what that was like, uh, you should actually watch Quantum Leap. They did a Quantum Leap Yeah, because Leap Donald episode. P. Belisario, the producer and creator of Quantum Leap, served in the Marines with Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> Wow. It's actually like an awesome episode. I mean, it, it's basically... It's a really great episode. Uh, sadly, it's the only one that's not on Instant Watch on Netflix. Yeah, I think I had to pay for it or something on, on iTunes. But it's definitely worth oh, it. it. It came out at the same time as JFK. And his guy, his yeah. his buddy, who is the producer of the show, or the guy who knew him, was like, No, JFK is a bunch of horse shit. Like, I'm going to make my own version that's more authentic about Scott Bakula traveling into Lee Oswald's body. <laughs> Which Amazing still... to see... Oh. Sorry, it's still more ahead. accurate than Oliver Stone's movie. <laughs> That's sadly true. Amazing to see how Donald Belisario and Lee Harvey's Lee Harvey Oswald's life diverge. You have one guy who changed the face of America as we know it, and another guy who killed the president. And then Scott Bakula was in the worst Star Trek TV series. I'm not sure, again, which crime is worse, Star Trek Enterprise or the assassination of President Kennedy. Wow, those are bold words. But also another Marine that he met was Carrie Thornley, who uh, actually wrote a novel, an unpublished novel about Oswald before the Kennedy assassination because he was so struck by how weird and and sort of lonery he was and literally Marxist. And Carrie Thornley actually went on to help co-found Discordianism, which is this very bizarre. Wow, really? Of, yeah, anarchist uh, religion. Um it's like the ultimate it... loosey-goosey 60s religion. 
I th- yeah, I think Robert Anton Wilson of the Illuminatus trilogy was involved in that in some way. Anyway, we are so yeah, far afield. Ba- basically, what we're Eventually, trying to say is that the JFK assassination is like kind of the center of the universe in the same way that uh, Hill Valley 1955 is the center of the universe. It's kind of like this the- vortex that everything gets sucked into. It's like yeah. the Enchanted Under the Sea dance. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oswald was <laughs> <Basically>. there. <laughs> This is your cousin, John Oswald. <laughs> you, you know that assassination you've been looking for? Listen to this. Oh, bro. Uh, it was okay, Biff so, on the grassy knoll, by the way. Uh, make like a tree and assassinate the president. <laughs> Goldie Wilson uh, so in this case. Oswald, uh, Oswald um, finished his time in the Marines, and then he f- skipped the fuck out. He bought a um, passage on a on a... Uh, steamer went to Finland, got into the Soviet Union, and renounced his U.S. citizenship. Now, in order to uh, f- officially dissolve your U.S. citizenship, you have to go through a bunch of different steps and file a lot of paperwork. Watch a lot of he, Michael Moore movies. Yeah, he just and then piss uh, on the American just, flag. He just went into the embassy and said he renounced it. Um, and that's it. So he didn't actually renounce his U.S. citizenship at this time. Yeah, they were so However, starstruck by seeing Gary Oldman that they didn't really officially do it. <laughs> no, no, no. It was Frank Whaley. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, so, so no, he went. Uh, he went to the Soviet Union. He was vetted by the KGB, who realized that he was kind of a dummy. Mm-hmm. and that he wasn't going to be able to provide them with any sort of secrets that would be helpful. They kind of kept him sequestered in this hotel for some days. Eventually, he tried to kill himself by slitting his wrists in uh, the bathtub, and the the KGB realized he was not only a dummy but also volatile. So they kind of squirreled him away and put him in working into a radio um, factory or something. Yeah, radio assembly factory in Minsk. Um, where he had a strange erotic journey all the way to Milan. Right. And Thank he, you, he, That's where he met his boo, right? Met his boo, Marina. That is the, well, apparently he was, like, fucking around with a lot of local women as he learned Russian and went to dances and that sort of thing. And eventually he met Marina Oswald, who... It's a testament uh, to how much Russia, like, sucked during the Soviet Union that when Lee Harvey Oswald rolls in the town, it's like, look at this guy, big shot. Mmm, <laughs> no chin at all on this one. <laughs> Um, his mother so, yeah, bathes so, him wow <laughs> uh so marina and and uh lee got married um some mention is made in some conspiracy literature that her uncle was a member of the kgb so i we should probably was, mention that here he was basically like a police chief like he i mean he wasn't like yeah a, yeah he wasn't like um like a james bond villain stroking a cat and assassinating people yeah. Again, everybody take, um, was in the KGB at this point, and that was the right. only job there was to have. Even Kennedy. Was yeah. Well, in they the had KGB. they had one hundred percent employment, so <laughs> had to fill had to fill out those ranks somehow. So anyway, he and Marina he lived in Russia for three years. He was married to Marina for some time. They had a child whose name was June, and then they had a baby uh, later on named Rachel, who was still a baby at the time of the assassination. Who is still Eventually, a baby today. It's still a baby today. Uh, Eventually, uh, Oswald was like, "Uh, this kind of sucks. So he borrowed some money from the State Department, the U.S. State Department, got his passport back. And he, Marina, and the baby, uh, baby June, shipped back to the United States. And they went down and lived with his mother for some time in New Orleans, where he worked at a variety of jobs. 
um, including at a coffee company and working for a photography Having sex company. with Tommy Lee Jones. Having sex with Tommy Lee Jones and Kevin Bacon. Yeah. By the way, JFK is the is the movie that makes the Kevin Bacon game work. Yes, because he is everyone in, that is movie, in that movie, and then everyone is in that movie. He also That's has one of my made that movie. He also yeah, has the so uh, great line in that movie where he's talking to Oswald, and Kevin Bacon goes, "Fuck you, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> so uh so during that time in in new orleans lee was still a uh, a considerable devotee of marxism mm-hmm. but he had soured on the soviet union so he got, and he, turned he got balls a, deep into the cuban devotee yeah is it devotee i think it's a devotee yeah i think it's devo whip it i think it's a we are devo okay but um, yeah, when you say devotee, that just meant that he was blandly, or not blandly, blandly, what the fuck word am I looking for? Whatever, he was just blindly anti-capitalist and pro-rise of the worker. But, yeah, but but very, didn't really understand it. He started right, some local chapter of like uh, the, of hand, he called it Fair Play for, for Cuba, Cuba Committee, Cuba. and he had these hands-off Cuba uh, leaflets that he was handing out. There's actually like film footage of him doing this on the streets of New Orleans. And he had this office that was like on the corner of Lafayette's, Lafayette Street and Camp Street. And that's also where Guy Bannister's office was in that same sort of complex. And Guy Bannister was this like super anti-communist guy who was a former FBI dude who, again, is like a, a character that I think Ed Asner plays in, uh, yeah, in the movie the JFK. Great. The great conspiracy theorist Ed Asner, who <laughs> wants us to investigate 9-11 for being an inside job. He thinks that Guy Bannister was wants behind us, 9-11. specifically, our show. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, he did that. And eventually, you know, Lee could never hold a job down because he was super arrogant and a dummy. And he got arrested down worker. in New Orleans, too, for fighting with some uh, uh, an- some uh, a- anti-Castro, Anti-Castro guys Cuban. who he had pretended to um, be on their side for a couple of days. Yeah, and so eventually he and Marina moved to Dallas. The The second baby, Rachel, is born, uh, and there are problems in the marriage because Lee is just a fucking asshole. And I've he been to their her. house. It is, We're their talking house about is such Lee a Oswald, shithole. right? Not Lee Golden. Oh, oh, fuck. I'm sorry. I got them conflated. Yes. Uh, Lee Oswald was this great dude. <laughs> no. Now, Lee uh, Golden was this guy who found Sheree in Soviet Russia and killed the president. <laughs> no, Lee, Lee Oswald was a real asshole. And there are uh, countless witness testimonies to the fact that he treated Marina very poorly. Um, she, like like I said, she was a Soviet immigrant who spoke very little English, like words, Had essentially. Had horrible of English. teeth, too. Yeah, and and he wouldn't let her learn English, so she was very isolated mm-hmm. in the communities where they lived. But she was able to make friends with uh, some Americans who did speak Russia because of government jobs and whatnot. The pains, and so eventually it became, uh, it came down to uh, Marina and the children living at Ruth Payne's house in Irving, mm-hmm. Texas, and Lee was renting a, a boarding room in. Dallas in the Oak something Oak Cliff neighborhood Oak Cliff a, yeah. a, a boarding room okay he w- he was renting a a room in uh in Oak Cliff I'll always remember when I visited uh, when I visited that rooming house I was taking pictures of it and uh, I got a call from Banger who was house sitting for me at the time telling me that he had gotten locked out of the apartment 
and uh, needed help getting back in. And then I bought a one of those like historical reprint newspapers um, of the Kennedy assassination that said Kennedy was killed. Um, and he, when I got back, he crashed at my house um, again that night. And when I came out of my bedroom in the morning, he was sitting at the, the coffee table, like holding the newspaper and pretending to cry. Using the newspaper as blankets. <laughs> he was holding the newspaper, <laughs> using them as blankets and crying. And he's like, did you hear about Kennedy? <laughs> <laughs> um, so... So Lee was living in Dallas that day. He got a book. He got a job at the Texas School Book Did Depository. Did we say Oswald? Yeah, we're getting, still talking about me because so we were just talking about how I was Lee. in Dallas. And then, yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm so sorry. Oswald. Uh, uh, Alec, J- Alec Alex Heidel. Alex Heidel, yes. Gary yeah, no. Uh Oswald was, in, uh, was living in Dallas, and he had a job at the Texas School Book Depository, which is a, a school book depository in uh Dealey Plaza. And Ruth um, Payne now if got you him the re- job, right? Pardon? Ruth yeah, Ruth Payne got him the job just by, like, recommending him. Um, like, you guys now, need an the- idiot? Here you go. <laughs> now, the morning of the assassination, he was actually in Irving, having stayed the night before. Which he usually didn't um, do. He usually stayed with them on the weekends, but he he randomly decided to stay there that night. On a yeah. Thursday night Float going into Friday. Randomly. Yeah. So on Friday, he had a, a long you know, paper uh, package that was wrapped in brown paper and he got hitched a ride with one of his coworkers. Yeah. Well, it turned out to be curtain rods because he didn't do the shooting. Uh, We should, we should Uh, mention that he took off his wedding ring, left it in a Demetas cup next to uh, Marina's bed and then like took his last hundred bucks basically and left it in there too. But guys, let's be honest. We all take off our wedding ring before we head out for the weekend. Why is that so funny? Because it's fucking hilarious. Because Gene is the funniest guy you know, Brian. Oh, seriously. Sorry, Lee. Gene is so funny. Meanwhile, the cigarette smoking man is crawling uh, through the sewers of Dallas, making his way to the manhole right under Dealey Plaza. So Lee hitches a ride. He has this pa- long paper package that he claims is curtain. Uh, Oswald, Oswald hitched a, hitched a ride. I fuck me. I fucking rented a Chevy Aveo when I was in Dallas. For Christ's sakes, I did not <laughs> hitch any rides. Oswald brought his paper package to the Texas School Book Depository, where his job was to unpack and 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 pack te- uh, school books. Now, keep in mind this is late November, so the school year has already started, and business is super slow in uh in the depository mm-hmm. and so <laughs> because kids love to go to that school book depository yeah. coincidentally so, he was uh he was moving around a bunch of books on the kennedy assassination that day <laughs> he was doing a lot yeah he was he was unpacking uh copies of assassin <laughs> uh he no so there was uh, uh there was renovations being done in the building There's a lot of random workers coming in and out yeah, a lot of random workers. So he was uh, seen, and after the fact, they realized that he only uh, he only filled one order the entire morning, but ran about noon. It's an order for uh, a Manica every... Carcano rifle. Sorry? So about noon, everybody is like, "Oh, let's go on lunch because we can get a good spot to watch the president's motorcade go by," including Abraham Zabruder, who was across the way in the Dell Tex building. 
Yeah, Abraham Zapruder was a dress, uh, an immigrant from the Ukraine. He was a, a dress salesman, I think. He was a dressmaker, uh, actually. Oh, uh, he was a dressmaker. He was a dress looking... remover, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Was... Right, right. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of female body inspectors in the crowd that weren't supposed <laughs> to be there that day. Um, no, <laughs> including so John had... Kennedy. <laughs> so Zapruder had a, a new a new film camera that he wanted to try out on the eight on the, millimeter uh, Bell and Howell. With Kodak yeah, he film. wanted to try it out on the presidential motorcade, so he positioned himself, uh, like likely said at the Daltex uh, building. His secretary held on to him because he was balancing himself on a little. It was a pergoda like a, at the um, up by the picket fence on the the grassy knoll. There's kind of like this uh, uh, sort of uh, white stone uh, kind of archway, and these little pergodas up there. And he stood on one of them, and Spitzman, his secretary, I think, kind of. Helped him make sure he didn't fall over because uh, I believe he had vertigo or something like that. He would get dizzy. Yeah, no, I think his secretary's name was Lincoln. Nice. <laughs> yes. So is um, that why the Pruder film is so shaky because he has vertigo? Yeah, yeah he almost missed yeah. it. I mean, if you if you watch the Zapruder film, like the full un, uncut, like unblown up version, like director's the, cut, the director's cut, the three the hour Zapruder director's cut. There's a. Uh, the the actual headshot frame uh 313 once you get to 313 the the actual kennedy is actually way at the bottom of the the frame and he just yeah. almost missed it and there was actually another woman who was filming from up above who had an even better shot of kennedy but she wasn't looking through the frame she wasn't looking through the uh, the lens of the camera and she would have gotten even uh, more um, um, complete picture of it, but she was just a little bit off, um, which is kind of a historical tragedy. Yeah, there were actually several films made of the of the yeah um, Orville Nicks the was Nicks one of them film yeah. yeah so so uh, but anyway let's let's get this fucker dead yeah um, <laughs> the motorcade drove through Dallas and it, uh, it was approaching Dealey Plaza at about you know a little before twelve thirty a couple minutes before twelve thirty yeah. there's a big clock uh, on the roof of the uh... Yeah, the Hertz clock on the top of the Texas. And I could go for a Hertz donut right now. Yeah, something about punning on the word Hertz. Uh, But uh, this construction worker, Howard, what was his name? Howard Brennan? I want to say Howard. Howard Brennan. Brennan. Yeah, Howard Brennan. I wanted to say Howard Beale, the guy from Network. Um, um, How, Howard Brennan Howard was a construction worker who uh, just sort of peered up at the Texas School Book Depository at this time. He was across and the street he, and he didn't have his glasses he, on. Yeah, and he claimed that he saw a man with what looked to be a long cylindrical object in his hand hanging out of the window. And he put his glasses on. He realized it was a huge inflatable penis. <laughs> Johnson's Welcome. Johnson. Yeah, it was Johnson's Johnson. No, he, he, he didn't have his glasses. He peered up. He thought it was a man with a gun. Uh, and around this time, uh, uh, Kennedy's mo- uh, Kennedy's car comes in, does a crazy turn onto Elm. Way slower. He's going about 12 miles an hour, William Greer, the, the driver. William Greer was the oldest active Secret Service agent uh, in the detail, mm-hmm. and he was driving the car. Like an old man, going 12 yeah, miles an and- hour, totally against Secret Service protocol. Also, the Secret Service members were supposed to be on the car, but they weren't. And you can actually see film footage of them getting called off the car. And one of the, the guys like putting his hand up in the air going like, what the fuck are you doing? So, so yeah, they're going at 12 miles per hour down Elm. Kennedy's waving to the crowd. The crowd is going nuts. 
You can see this in the Zapruder or the Knicks or the other films. And at about 1230 on the dot, uh, you know, if you're watching the movie, Kennedy starts waving, something stops waving. Sorry, something has gone wrong. And then he grabs his throat. Mm-hmm. He throws his elbows up in the air, grabbing his throat. Something has happened. As at an about this umbrella time, is opening next to the freeway sign. <laughs> yeah. At, at about this time, um, Connolly also starts exhibiting uh, signs of something going wrong. He's in something the jump happening seat in front of uh, Kennedy in the. Yeah, the that, that's the sorry. Yeah, that's the Texas governor that we talked They're about earlier. They're both in X one hundred, the Kennedy limousine. And then, you know, a couple, you know, about eight point something. What is eight point six seconds after that first shot? Uh, Kennedy's head explodes. Yeah. Um, he, he his head just explodes. He falls over. Uh, what direction does his head go into after the head shot? Uh, back and to the left. Can you say that again? I didn't hear. Back and to the left. Uh, once again. Back and to the left. Okay, I don't quite have it yet, but uh, maybe I'll figure it out later. Back and to the left. All right, Jesus, Brian, I got okay. it. Okay, all right. So he he flops over. Uh, Jackie Kennedy, who is just going through complete shock at this point, she gives she him one last beach. Woman. <laughs> she, she gives him one last beach. Um, no, she climbs up on the on the on the back of the limousine to collect pieces of the president's skull. Uh, agent, uh, Secret Service agent Clint Hill runs up, jumps on rule. the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and and at that point, Greer steps on it, and they speed yeah. away, headed towards Parkland. Clint Hospital. Hill, by the way, um, basically played by uh, Clint Eastwood in In the Line of Fire. And if you want to watch like horrible uh, uh, special effects of young Clint Eastwood's face being plastered onto film footage from 1963, I highly recommend that movie. It's, that it's sounds awesome. amazing. Have you ever that, seen uh, that, Brian? Oh, oh God. I, I saw it ages ago when I didn't understand. Yeah, you, you know. Wait, watch. Brian, you haven't seen In the Line of Fire recently? I have not seen it in recently. Oh, that movie is so good. I have watched that okay. movie like 20 times. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember that he that Malkovich makes that cool gun that yeah, he can take out on of the plane. Wood but or that's about it. Or something. But yeah, the plastic. Kennedy stuff anyway, is great. You should rewatch it. And it actually put that on the top of your list, Brian. It kind okay. of mirrors Clint Hill's life, which like basically went on this down downward spiral, and he never got over it. Uh, you know. Culminating he... in a showdown with an assassin at a Democratic primary in California. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they rush Kennedy's body to Parkland. Now, at this point, Kennedy is basically dead. Yeah. Uh, they have to go through the motions because it is the president of the United because States. Because it's Zac Efron and Colin Hanks they ha- and Marsha Gay Harden, <laughs> they got to go through the motions. And so they, they go through the most They call to up a JFK he, impersonator and ask if he could maybe play the president for the next couple of years. Yeah, they call in Von Meter. They, they get Kevin Klein. Yeah, they get Kevin Klein. Uh, no, they just get Robo Kennedy from Disney World. Right, right. Yeah. Robo uh, Kennedy. Um, so he so the president is dead, and at this point there's a massive manhunt. Uh, Dallas, Dallas police, secret service agents are scrambling around Dealey Plaza trying to question witnesses, trying to find out where the shots came from. Uh, two agents go into the Texas School Book Depository where one of them actually speaks with Lee Harvey Oswald for a moment. Yeah. Um, and his boss comes the, up and he's like, do you know this yeah, guy? Mr. He's like, Truly. A man shot the president. Yeah. This, this has uh, been in like a million movies, this, this whole scene. Yeah. 
So there's an interaction, and then at this point, Oswald uh, is the only employee to leave the depository. First, he, he has a coat, bus. though, doesn't he? He has. Yeah. This is like there's so much dispute as to what happened on that day, and like yet <laughs> the one that drives me the most crazy is: was it a fucking Coke or was it a Dr Pepper? Like so many <laughs> yeah, books are like you fucking drinking a Dr Pepper. The other ones were... isn't they? Don't they also say Cherry Coke at some point? Or he he liked Cherry Cokes. I yeah, know. I well, don't know what Coke it is. Coke and Dr Pepper like to say it was their soda. He yeah. just drank. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. They want the publicity. <laughs> I don't fucking care who it was. I don't care if it was the grassy knoll. I don't care if it was the school book depository. I don't care if it was the comedian from The Watchmen or Boba fucking Fett. Behind the picket fence. I want to know what kind Wait, of... Wait, the comedian from The Watchmen? You mean Mort Saul? Yeah, I don't know if this was Mort Saul. <laughs> I don't care who it was. <laughs> I don't care if it was the cigarette smoking man under the ground. I, I don't care if it was actually JFK time traveling, like in that show Red Dwarf. I just want to know, was it a Dr. Pepper or was it a Coke? Reopen the government files. I want them to rip out all of those CIA files and someone needs to fucking tell me what goddamn soda Lee Harvey Oswald was drinking at approximately 1230. So Lee Harvey Oswald bought a Coke and then he God left the Brian. Texas school book Go a little deeper into the archives next time, Lee. Yeah, I'll find uh, the empty he, Coke bottles. <laughs> he got on a bus, but the bus... Because he's like, sweet, uh, I get to get I get off work early. <laughs> God, that would honestly be my thought, too. That's why he um, did it, actually. He was like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> I heard that so all this he got on, died. I really want to, you know, go read some books on him. I think he was a real C.S. Lewis fan. Okay. Um, uh, so Oswald got on a bus. Uh, the bus was stuck in a traffic jam because there's all this commotion. Um, and then he took a, a taxi home. He went to the boarding house where he lived. Um, was there for a moment. Didn't even speak to the the landlady. Put on, like, Just his, enough time uh, for a J. Yeah, put on his J. Yeah. Put on his beige <laughs> jacket. Smoked a J, jerk one out, switched out. He got, grabbed his pistol, allegedly. And then uh, in between this time, a man matching Oswald's description uh, is seen gunning down Officer J.D. Tippett. He looked exactly only, like Elvis. <laughs> who's the only policeman in the Oak Cliff neighborhood because everybody else has been scrambled into uh, downtown Dallas to deal with the assassination. Um also, J.D. stands for Jefferson Davis. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, so J.D.'s chip is shot down in cold blood by a man matching Oswald's description. Next time Oswald accurately shows up or, or, or uh, accurately identified shows up, he's wandering around in front of a shoe store looking shady. He goes into a movie theater and the shoe salesman calls the police saying that this guy looking shady. He was putting shoes uh, on his hands. <laughs> and walking on on his hands. Yeah. Uh, so a bunch of cops show up because they're pretty sure this is the guy who kills who killed Tippett. Um, and as we all know, uh, cops hate it when other cops are killed. Really? So so uh, the movie stops. A bunch of cops come in. They go up to tr- to say hello to Oswald, and he jumps up and punches the cop. He in says the face. like, "So this is it," or something like that. He says, "Yeah, Sick or... semper tyrannis." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whoops, wrong one. Uh, why is it that it always has to do with theaters? It's always there's always a theater involved. Yeah, there's always shit. theaters. Yeah, Reagan um, was shot in a theater. The oh the, the mini the TV series uh, mini series Reagan was shot in a theater. Okay, so they arrested, they beat Oswald up, they 
took him in. He tried to pull the gun out too, didn't he? Tried to he pull he managed to pull the gun out, and one of the police officers jammed the webbing between his thumb and forefinger into in between the hammer and the gun, preventing it from firing, which is insane. Yeah, that's some quick thinking. Yeah, he came very close to getting his face blown off. Um, Oswald was in prison. So this is a Friday, November 27th. He wasn't in prison. He was in jail. Pardon, yes. He was in the Dallas jail. He was in jail the following day. He was being interviewed and interrogated by Fritz, who is the the head of the homicide investigation in Dallas. All the dipshits on Fritz's detail, all the homicide guys, they walk around with these, like, stupid Stetson hats. So they just... Like, yeah, that was their that was their sign. The something. Dallas cops already looked like fucking idiots that day, and like to make themselves look even more like bumbling hicks, they're all like wandering around with these dumb hats on, eating so, donuts probably. <laughs> yeah. So he, <laughs> so Lee uh, Oswald is in jail during all of that Friday evening, all of Saturday, and on Sunday, the cops want to transfer him. He's told he's confl- he's told conflicting stories the cops are totally convinced that not only did he kill Tippett and they arraign him for that but that he also killed the president and he's arraigned for that as well and he demands to be and changed to a to another clothing because he's still wearing like this gross bo laden t-shirt and so he wants to put on a, another shirt so they give him like a v-neck sweater or something and they say that yeah. if he hadn't asked for that they would have got him out quicker and he would have made it out so about but then he started time, the hipster trend of wearing V-neck T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, uh, at about this time, they they were going to transfer him to another location, and Jack Ruby, who is a local low-level strip club um, owner, strip club owner, who is kind of a flashy guy, liked. Did you say low-level to... strip club owner? That's because there's high-level strip club owners. Well, yeah, he. I mean, he was he was running the strip clubs that were catering to like the working class and the police, yeah. as opposed to the like rich oil men in in the city. By low level, he uh, liked to um, go down to a low eye level and look up the ladies' legs. Don't we all? And this guy had a crazy temper um, and was pretty much a very emotionally unhinged person. He had been very upset by the events of the weekend, had been reading newspapers and crying like a baby and making all these phone calls. He closed down his club and he was known to have a volatile personality. Um, You know, I I heard that once uh, someone like said some shit against Kennedy and he just like beat the crap out of the guy and like. He's just yeah. like a violent, crazy guy. And told told comics performing in his strip clubs that they weren't allowed to do any material about um, weren't allowed to do any material about um, African Americans, Jews, or and he was Jewish. The Kennedy himself. family. His real name was like and Jacob Rubenstein or something. Yeah, and so he uh, went to the post office where he filed. He bought a money order. And then he just wandered over to the police station. He had a gun on him because, as he said later, he often had a lot of cash yeah. from his business. And, and he, he was a Texan. Himself. And because everyone in the state of Texas is required to carry a gun. <laughs> Otherwise, you're arrested. And he, he just wandered. He wandered into this police uh, oh, He'd been police all there a week. He'd been there all weekend. He was pretending he was yeah. a reporter. He's on TV. Like correcting cops about the fair play for Cuba committee, the cops like uh, I think he's part of this thing, yeah. and he's like fair play for Cuba committee, and he's just like standing in the background looking like Brian Dole, yeah uh, Murray, and even yeah, and even even though his older brother Bill Murray <laughs> is obviously the best member of the family, he's still a pretty good one. Yeah. No, but so he he walked into the police basement and just honestly just strolled in with no real plan, walked in and they bring Oswald out of an elevator. And 
Jack Ruby just you can watch the video of this. It was being broadcast live on TV. He just leaps out, pointing a gun, and he shot Oswald once in the abdomen. And Oswald collapsed. They brought a doctor. Uh, First and, televised and murder. It was November maybe. sweeps week, so this was yeah. like a real coup. Yeah, it was the first, uh, was the first <laughs> televised uh, murder in, in history. Yeah, he shot him. He shot him. Oswald's been shot are the fateful words that rang out on the broadcast. So Oswald was brought also to Parkland Hospital where uh, President Kennedy had recently died two days before. And again, he Colin no... Hanks and uh, Zac Efron and Marsha Gay Harden tried to bring him back to life. Yeah, and he had no pulse, no blood pressure, but they were able to stabilize him. They realized an aorta was just gushing blood into his body, mm. and it was killing him. And they thought he stabilized, and then suddenly uh, he died. He just lost all of his vital signs. And right before and so, he died, they, like someone asked him if he had anything he wanted to admit, and uh, he shook his head no. And just like all weekend long, he had been denying his, uh, his guilt. Uh, he denied it to the very end. And that's kind of where all the mystery began about whether or not he did it. Yeah, and so that is uh, that is basically the 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 timeline of the Kennedy assassination. Interesting so side the... note about Jack Ruby. Um, so I found out the other day that his lawyer ended up being Melvin Belli, and Melvin Belli was also famed oh, for being like a who is he? He was a television killer. Exactly, right? he was a television personality who was like the only person that the Zodiac killer. Um, trusted and he had like a bizarre relationship with the Zodiac killer during the, during the 1970s. Um, as the Zodiac killer plagued, um, San Francisco. We should also do an episode on that, by the way. And yeah, we've actually been requested by okay. a fan. I think oh, it would we should be definitely great. do that and talk more about this. But Melvin Belay was also did a part on, um, Star Trek, the original Star Trek, which to me is just like th that. He's, I think Marvin Belli actually might be the best person ever because he's involved with Star Trek, the Kennedy assassination, and San Francisco. So, uh, okay, so we're going to wrap up the episode for this week. Next week, we'll get into more uh, conspiracy stuff. Um, but in the, but we do have two voicemails that I do want to play. Oh, awesome. I know. Uh, so, uh, the, if you recall when Allison Lysinga came onto our program, um, sh we talked a little bit about, uh, AE, Titan AE, oh, man. which, uh, Love that movie. was a movie that Lee watched while he was on acid sobbing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and this is what Chris that. from Chicago had to say about it. Roll that beautiful bean. Pick, pick. My name's Chris. I'm from Chicago. First time I took mushrooms, I watched Titan AE. I don't remember anything about the animated semi-nude Drew Barrymore. I don't think I cried, but I know that I thought that the whole theater full of people, I could just see that they were apes. I saw with my own eyes what we all ignore, that we're apes. Also, that turtle thing died like four times in that movie. I don't remember <laughs> anything else. Uh, so, yeah, so thank you, Chris, for calling in with That's great. one of the craziest messages we've ever had. But what is he talking about, that turtle thing? There's like a, an alien uh, turtle thing in that, I think. Oh, like an alien buddy. Yeah, he's got an alien pal. Hmm. And he so eats real you, gross now... alien food. And I think it might be the... voiced by Jim Brewer. Ugh. God, do I hate Jim Brewer. God, does he hate you? <laughs> so the next one the next one is related to um posting uh reviews 
of our website of our uh, podcast on iTunes, which you should all do. Although Benjamin uh, f- apparently had some trouble, so here's what Benjamin had to say. All right. Uh, I'm Benjamin from Chicago, and I would like to read my iTunes review, which would not be posted because it was deemed inappropriate. <laughs> cool. Yes, no are the answers to those questions. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so thank you, Benjamin, for taking the time to uh, to write that. Uh, sorry that iTunes rejected it. The reason is because you didn't definitively say that this is your favorite show. <laughs> yeah, we're not some speak. We're, yeah, <laughs> what's not, not somebody third favorite show? Bullshit. We are the number one. Man, yeah, if all so of the inter- so if all the internet did not allow hate speak, pretty much the whole internet would just be uh, I don't know. That peanut butter jelly song. You mean Baby Beluka? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, thank you, everyone, for listening to us. Uh, we'll be back next week for the anniversary with our conspiracy episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. If you want to get in touch with us, Twitter is at InsideJobsCast. You can email us at uh, InsideJobsCast at gmail.com. If you want to call our hotline, it's 413 225 63 and also if you want to give us a review that would be wonderful uh and uh yeah colin and did you like our uh radio show um our yeah. radio play i thought that was pretty good i thought uh people seem to like it but yeah we'll be back next week with more kennedy talk until then follow the money because it was only on october the 24th that our ambassador to the United Nations, Adley Stevenson, uh, was assaulted in Dallas, uh, leaving a dinner meeting there. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, Presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th President of the United States.